Okay, folks. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa la'aqibat filil mutaqeen. Wa la'udwana illa ala al-zalimeen. Wa salawatullahi wa salamuhu wa la'ashraf l-anbiya'i wal-mursaleen. Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla. Wa anta tajlul hazna idha shi'ta sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatika ya rabbil kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Righty ho folks. So huh? is the what? They're saying they can't hear. No, I can see the problem. Huh? Right, okay, folks, so uh, let's jump in, I think. Should we jump in or should we have some fun? The thing is, I just don't know where to start with fun. Shazad has been inspiring me today to write Facebook statuses, especially the last one. I want you to know when you go onto Facebook and you read that last status, it was entirely about Shazad Salim. That's it. Anything else, Yani? I'll have to. <laughs> she said, You said that your heart's a rock. Problem is, it's become too rocky, Shaz. I just want to remind you to your statement when you say your diagnosis and how you feel. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go on. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a rock. Yeah, I'm the most miserable, most depressed. Not miserable, depressed to everybody else. Myself. Oh, right. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, no. You win, you win, you win. Right, folks. Why is the text uh, simplified Arabic? Why did it go to simplified Arabic? All right. Okay. So uh, today's the start of a new chapter, inshallah. It's actually not a new chapter, it's still under the description of the prayer. I've actually uh, just called it the description of the prayer too. Why? Because frankly, this entire big section of the book and the next part is all part of the description of the prayer. Like after this, like you could argue that the first part is the dislike matters, but then it's going to like really like smoothly merge into the recommended matters. And then it's going to get into that which invalidates the prayer all in like the same paragraph. It's not exactly done in the kind of manner that we have today, right? In like, you know, neatly and tables and good sections and subsections and all the rest of it. So it's not nice like that. Is it not even on? It's on. So, um, I mean, I've tried to kind of make it, make it a little bit neater or more understandable in, the, in English, but in Arabic, it's just, you know, literally just like that. So, the author says, I don't know if it's worth reading all of it, or actually, actually, let's, let's read all of it, that's fine. Or why, why, yeah, okay, let's read it. Okay, Bab Sifatul Salah. Okay, so the chapter of the description of the prayer. Is it not working? Is there not, is the sound not going? Or is it, what's, what's going on? Crackling. Crackling. All right, folks, just bear with us here yeah, because uh, the snowball, as it's known, 
is not working or something. You know, obviously, priority goes to the proper students, right? Do you know what I mean? Those, for example, that knew that there was a lesson today and that we had come back last week, for example. You, you get that, don't you? Come on, Halal, give us the green light. What's going on? It's the lower mic. Sick. Where's the lower mic? By a road. A road thingy? Yeah. Road <coughs> I think this has had it now. It's difficult. Yeah, but now if they don't speak like that then. Hmm? Or can that be angled like like that as well? Yeah, but then it goes down like that, you know? No, no, it can be angled. Speak to it to the side. Dead now, yeah, I know it's dead now. Is it volume showing on that, on the bar? Is it, is it going up and down? Is it pulsing? Don't need to just look at just look at the screen. Got the yellow mic. Yeah, red light. Yeah, red light's on. That's all the snow, Mesa. That's all the snow. Not our mic, man. What are you hating on our mic for, Yara? Would that make you happy, yeah? Astaghfirullah, you come all that way. Wow, look at boy. You see, my boy don't mess about, Yara. You see? That's the difference. We got like next level, all kinds of stuff. Right. You think they understand that, yeah? No, but this is okay. This one's called something else. You know what we should do? We should do like, um, we should write them a note. <laughs> no, you can just write on the screen. Stuff. Write, write down that, just give us five minutes. What do you mean carry on? Carry on using what? Oh, the camera mic, yeah? Yusuf, can you hear from the, 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 the camera mic? a warm day today. What did I call that warmness? Chinook, the Chinook, sh Chinook, uh, what did I call it? The Chinook, uh, sh Chinook, uh, what did I call that wind that comes off the mountains? Chinook air? Chinook something? Chinook, Chinook phenomenon, something like that. Anyway, it's working, that's fine, they're, they're happy with that. You can add the uh, you can add the uh, the second mic as well, but we'll carry on. Right? Okay. So let's read in the uh, the Arabic text then. Okay. But what I need for that is the text. Where's Masha Zadda gone? He's going to the car. Zafar, bring up the thingy magic. 
You know, I've got to tell you something, yeah? Every time that I see Harith's name written like that, I think of Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> My head is messed up, but I just can't get over that Clarice, Harith, and Harith mess up, and that's just this disaster. I told you the story about this guy, right? Yeah? Twisted. My mind's twisted. I know it's twisted. But you know that I met this guy, yeah? In the masjid. And he goes, I'm Harith from the puzzle. I go, where's the bloody Harith? He goes, my name is spelled like this. I go, Haris. <laughs> I gotta say, that's gotta go down in history as one of the great LP moments. Wallah alazim, yeah, yeah. I go, you bloody Haris. He goes, yeah, it was my dad, innit? <laughs> oh, what a sick guy. What a sick guy. Oh my God. Too much? No, is that is the mic in the pic? No, no, the, this one you have to use like this. Yeah. It's like that. <laughs> but what if this is not better than the original one that they're all very happy with? This one's more expensive. It's literally, yeah, and it, it's taken up my entire eyesight. Like, I'm, like, I'm not distracted. Is it? Is it? Lala, your moustache looks sick, bro. You know that? MashaAllah. I mean, that is not messing up, Cam. What do you reckon about that, bro? Yeah, that is not more than Movember. Huh, Cam? What's that saying? Has he seen it? Is it? Sugar. Okay, can we start? Yeah, we good? Chinook wind. Chinook wind. That's the thing. See? I wasn't just chatting rubbish. I knew it was Chinook something. Right, sound is super clear. Everybody's happy. Bro, I don't know what's happening with your phone, yeah? Yeah, I got it right. Sound is gone. Custom, what a score! You know, it is that proves that it's not this mic. It's the, uh, it's the, it's the, it's the connection. Now, now it's squeaking. Actually, they're they're right. Just listen, just connect it and just use the the camera mic. They're happy with that. Sounds like birds chirping. Dalada, you're right. I take that back. China Mal is not bad. You know, it's a customs phones, but it's all right. No, no, just put, put the camera on him, bro. <laughs> Video cassette stuck sound. Baji Salma is old school, you know. Right. Yep. Yep. Come what now? No sound. Just chirping. Yep. <laughs> I like just disconnect it, man. <coughs> yep. Now you now you've literally made Mesa angry, and you know that's then game over when she's angry. Right. So come on, what's going on? Are we sure? Can we get rid of this any thing then? At least I can see everyone now. Right. Is it working? Sound clear and whatever? 
It's back. All right, there we go. Khalas, and I put the text up. That's it. For us, easy. All right. There we go. Khalas. All right. So, the Arabic then first of the entire text. وَيُكْرَحُ فِي الصَّلَاةِ إِلْتِفَاتُهُ وَرَفْعُ بَصَرِهِ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ وَتَغْمِيضُ عَيْنَيْهِ وَإِقَعَاءُهُ This is a form of the word. وَافْتِرَاشُ ذِرَعَيْهِ سَاجِدًا وَعَبْثُهُ وَتَخَصُّرُهُ وَتَرَوُّحُهُ وَفَرْقَعَةِ أَصَابِعِهِ وَتَشْبِيكُهَا وَأَنْ يَكُونَ حَاقِنًا أَوْ بِحَضْرَةِ طَعَامٍ يَشْتَهِيهِ وَتِكْرَارُ الْفَاتِحَةِ لَا جَمْعُ سُوَرٍ فِي فَرْضٍ كَنَفْلٍ وَلَهُ رَدُّ الْمَارِي بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ وَعَدُّ الْآيَةِ وَالْفَتْحُ عَلَى إِمَامِهِ ولبس الثوب ولف العمامة وقتل حية وأقرب وقم وقم وقملة أو قمل فإن أطال الفعل عرفا من غير ضرورة ولا تفريق بطلت ولو سهوا ويباه قراءة أواخر السور وأوصات وأوساتها وإذا نابه شيء سبح رجل وصفقت امرأة ببطن كفها على ظهر الأخرى ويبصق في الصلاة عن يساره وفي المسجد في ثوبه يعني ثوب like this وتسن صلاته إلى سترة قائمة كمؤخرة الرحل فإن لم يجد شاخصا فإلى خط وتبطل بمرور كلب أسود بهيم فقط وله التعوذ عند آية آية وعيد والسؤال عند آية رحمة ولو في فرض. So that's probably the next couple of months that is, yeah, in terms of content. Maybe even longer, maybe even towards the end. Of, yeah, I don't know. But in terms of for the next couple of weeks at least, and uh, through to the you know to the holidays and whatever, and people are asking, you know, are we local? We are Christmas Day and all that kind of New Year's Day. We will be having lessons here. I don't know why people are asking that, like as if we've taken Christmas holidays before. <laughs> all right, okay. But yeah, we are going to be here. So the translation of that, what I just said above is, or the, 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 the disliked part, it is makruh, and I go with reprehensible, although you can go with offensive, you can go with disliked. The point is not say haram. It is reprehensible whilst praying to turn, to look up to the sky, to close one's eyes, to sit in an iqa'u fashion, to spread one's arms on the floor during prostration, to fidget, abath, to place one's hands on the hips, to fan oneself, to crack one's knuckles, to interlock one's fingers, to knead the toilet, to be in the presence of food he desires, and to repeat the Fatiha. To repeat the Fatiha. Alright? So obviously, read like that, it doesn't make sense, or some of them don't make sense, but inshallah, all of them will make sense. Uh, in its right place. All right, let's start with the first one, inshallah. That's on page 224 of the text, bang in the middle. Fasal, subchapter. Qawluhu wa yukrahu fi salati iltifatuhu. Iltifat na'ib fa'il. Yani, it is dislike for the believer to turn around in the prayer. Turn, turn, uh, what did I say? Turn. It says to turn. I didn't put turn around because you've got to remember when you're translating a text purely, then you've got to be thinking that the reader is never getting access to the commentary. Yeah, that's what you've got to think. So if you put turn around, then that means to turn around, doesn't it? Yeah, if you leave it turned, there's enough vagueness to think maybe to turn around, maybe any other turn, whatever. 
obviously that is a lesson that everybody needs to study texts. Yep. But when it comes to translations, you need to be very accurate, very specific, so that you can at least not mislead the other person. But what does a turning mean? The turning does mean literally turning the body or the head. It's not referring just to the eyes. Okay. Well, I should say that it's referring to the eyes as well because it's rare that a person looks over there and then doesn't make a slight indication afterwards as well. If I look over there, then I then, uh, even though I can see there, but I, it just makes it comfortable for me to look. I can see Shazad, but then I turn. But it's not such a, a, a big turn. The point here is a, a turn, a physical turn of the eyes that leads to one moving of the head or a significant turn of the eyes or the full turning of the head as well. Um, the Prophet ﷺ was asked about al-iltifat fi salah this turning around in the prayer, and he said, "Huwa ikhtilasun yakhtalisun huwa shaytan min salat al-abd." It's a, it's a, it's a robbery. It's an ikhtilas. It's a, it's a, not a robbery. It's like, um, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a theft that shaytan has stolen from the prayer of the servant. Okay, what's basically happened right there? Um, and we're going to explain, of course, that there are two types of turning. There's the real physical turning and then there's a the spiritual turning, which is, the, of course, the disease of everybody, right? That's when the heart goes somewhere else. But the physical self, um, in both, both types, actually, is shaitan getting one up on you. And when he's getting one up on you, his aim, of course, in the prayer is to ruin it, distract you as much as possible, disturb you as much as possible, do anything but you make, make you not focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, therefore, what he's done is stolen from the prayer. He's stolen from your prayer, all right? So, huwa ikhtilasun. Ikhtilas, yani, is a word to mean like thieving, pickpocketing, blagging. He's tricked you, basically. He's done fraud on you, right? Um, that is what the shaitan does to the prayer of the slave. Uh, and Shaykh Uthameen says, a sadaqa wa nahab, yani, to steal, to steal. Um, and uh, Anas ibn Malik, radiallahu anhu, he said, ya bunaya, he's speaking to his children, giving them advice. He goes, I warn you from turning in the prayer. Because it's a destruction. You are yani, completely destroying your prayer by moving around in the prayer, turning around in the prayer. And if it really has to happen, I mean, you really, really have to, then let it be in the voluntary prayers or the supererogatory prayers and not the obligatory. And we've already learned that well now, that the rules which, or the seriousness which governs the nafal prayer, the tatawwa, the optional, the supererogatory is not the same as the obligatory prayer. You get away with a lot more in that, okay? And we've covered that in detail. Um, and Sheikh Uthameen now jumps into action. He goes, frankly, there's no excuse for turning around. That's the problem, okay? If we're talking about itch or something like that, which we're going to come to, then that's something which needs to happen. But in principle, turning around is just laziness, person too curious, person, yani, you know, and that's why it is... Um, uh, uh, it, is, uh, it is hated. Uh, any kind of movement in the prayer is also hated, the Sheikh says. Because any turning away is actually a turning away from Allah. And not just a spiritual turning, but actually a physical turning as well. In a manner that befits His Majesty. Because the Prophet ﷺ told us in the other hadith that Allah is in front of the servant when he prays. Now, we do not believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to be restricted to a place. We know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above his throne in a manner which befits his majesty. He descends every night. He returns to his throne in a manner which befits his majesty. 
we are very careful about describing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the way that we find comfortable, but rather we stick to what Allah says about Himself. It's very difficult to actually speak about this kind of matter. And that's why you always just stick to leave the Quran to describe Him in, in, in its own inimitable way. Not, us for, not for us to get really involved. Because when we start making mistakes, we start to then anthropomorphize the divine. And that's very dangerous. But there is no doubt that there are hadith that make it clear that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's presence in the manner that it is, his knowledge, his, his, uh, our awareness of him is far greater in salah. It is very much in front of us. We have the other hadith where the Prophet said that do not spit in front of your qibla, meaning in front of your face or in the direction of your face in the prayer. But if it needs to be, then into your thobe or into a handkerchief or so on and so forth. That's, that used to be the, 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 uh, the practice. Now, you might say, hold on, what's going on? Uh, spitting. But you know... Um, I mean, I've been thinking about this because if you were to look at civilized culture, right, whatever we think that is, they don't spit much. It's not like they don't spit in the streets. They just don't spit much at all. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Right? Huh? Well, they, they, you mean they spit a lot? They don't spit at all, right? Yeah, uh, there is, from my observation, just like uh, spitting, I don't think is, is, is necessary. Where does spitting come from anyway? Where, 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 what, what's the, is there a medical basis for spitting as opposed to swallowing one's excess, excess saliva? Like what is the concept of, of spitting? Is it the belief that if you bring up mucus, for example, which is infected, that it needs to be got out of the system as opposed to being swallowed. Mm -hmm. First of all, is there any medical basis to say that swallowing infected mucus from you know, a chest infection or upper respiratory tract infection, that's damaging? Huh? No, isn't it? Stomach enzymes will deal with that one time, right? So I don't even know where it comes from. No, but, I, I, yeah, but I'm talking, because there's no sense whatsoever, we can all agree, in it being uh, uh, because of excess saliva. Because you swallow it, right? So where does it come from? The only sense that it can make is that it started from people thinking that it's disgusting to swallow one's mucus. So let's get it out. What other basic, what is the, the thingy, what's the origin of spitting? What else is the origin of spitting? What else can it logically be? Other than a person thinking that it's not not becoming. Now there's a clue to that because in some of the fuqaha they used to consider that the fast is broken if you swallow one's mucus. Actually it could be argued that the majority of them feel that. I have to say that I find this very difficult and I've never operate on, operated on that when I give fatwa for someone who says I have a cold and I'm continuously swallowing but I will say that the majority consider the fast to be broken because when you look at the fast the, the definition of fasting is uh, sorry the, the breaking of fast is uh, any item that reaches the uh, intestine, okay? Um, that's why uh, uh, an inhaler does not break the fast because an inhaler goes into the lungs. It's not something which is a food or a drink or whatever. You get, you get what I'm saying? So um, by, by, by definition, spitting itself is a fast breaker because it's something, and uh, you know, for example, IV uh, 
uh, injections, IM injections, not IV, sorry, IM injections, subcutaneous normal injections into the body, they're going straight into the muscle. They're not going into the uh, uh, intestine. Now, once you start getting involved in IV and going straight into the vein, then it's a bit more complicated, especially if it's nutritious and it's actually doing, um, if it's an injection that contains, you know, substances that are having the effect upon the body like it would if you had food in your stomach. Because obviously, the only reason that food goes to the stomach or needs to go to the stomach is because the stomach will then separate it into all of its compo component parts and then send to those muscles via your venous system all the things you need. If you bypass that entire system and then you put nutrition through your veins, you're actually doing the same thing as the stomach's doing, right? And so that's why there's an, a virtual consensus of the scholars that that breaks the fast, yep? But otherwise, the normal injection of antibiotics, XYZ, non-nutritious stuff going straight into a muscle, that's not doing anything. Right? So, the what? The inhaler? Yeah, yeah. Yes, there are people that do consider that actually it's being swallowed. And of course, bad technique does lead to that. So, for example, you know, folks who are just, yeah, which is madness because all you're doing is, 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 is all of that uh, substrate or whatever that stuff is, is just gathering in the throat. Okay? And actually, you can actually taste it. Right? If you do your inhaler properly, if you know how to inhale properly, slow, measured intake of breath at the, the time, you, you should not be able to taste your, uh, or, or you will not get much of a taste of the, or I should say not taste, you will not feel the substrate solidifying. Taste, remember, of course, is not a problem in fasting. Yep? And even tasting your inhaler does not mean that you are not doing it properly. But if it's gathering on your throat, it's because you are not breathing it in at the same time for that vapor to enter into the, into the lungs. So, but yeah, because if you are, if it is gathering, then it is then being swallowed. And so th that is why uh, even scholars that allow it, they kind of say, you know, if you can avoid it or whatever, move to steroids at the end of the day, as opposed to, you know, the blues, you know, during the day, uh, that kind of thing. So... Anyway, I don't know, it'd be interesting to look at where the, the, the spitting thing is. Anyway, the point I want to make, without any of us starting to feel like, hold on, these any barbaric Arabs, what are they doing, is that spitting was a common thing. You will see it mentioned quite a lot. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that when you go back home, you'll also, maybe the packs not so much, okay, right? Like, packs and, you know, packs by that, I mean, obviously, uh, Bengalis, Indians, whatever, they spit a lot, but they spit outside, right? They've never seen a pack spit in a masjid, right? Whereas Arabs, if you are a part of Arab culture, you do. Okay, so if you live amongst the Arabs, you do see them spit in a mess. I don't mean spit on the floor, but they will spit. They will, you know, and they will spit, spit, as in, in salah. Where? No. Uh, <laughs> 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 like, what? What's going <laughs> But this is. Uh, no, but packs will never see it. You, you, you know, however much we'll burp the life out of the guy next to us, then disgusting, yani, more disgusting in my opinion. Okay? No, 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 in the Arabs, you don't think of Meshad Nabawi, whatever, whatnot, okay? I'm saying, if you're, we're talking cultural now. We culturally find it no problem, we as in packs, back home, I mean, not in, in, in the Western world, um, to spit everywhere. And so do the Arabs as well, everywhere. But when it comes to inside the masjid, we don't have it in our culture to spit, and I'm not talking on the floor. I mean to spit into a handkerchief or into a, a tissue or into one's thobe or, or, or whatever. I want you to remember now, 
that when you see the hadith, the hadith are not are, are, are as clear as they say. That when you spit, ah, uh, yeah, well, this is what I'm trying to actually understand without it making it look like that you know that they spat more. I mean, why does a people need to spit more? It's not like they're doing pun, yeah, exactly. They're not doing naswar, yeah, which is my boys, yeah. They're not doing uh, what's that, qat, yeah, uh, or uh, what is it, khat, whatever. Is it? Yep. Fumes? No, no, no. One second. We've actually gone back now. I'm talking now back at the time of the Prophet. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I hope that's the reason. I can't think of any other reason. It's not diet. Yeah, it's not. Yep. Huh? Yeah. So you know, when I said I've been thinking about this, okay, uh, Lala, don't forget the online uh, thing. Uh, um, you're. Yeah. So 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 here's here's the thing, here's the thing. What if I put to you? That it is not allowed that, that to swallow saliva is like eating and drinking Takes the ruling of eating and drinking Swallowing And it breaks the fast Okay If it breaks the fast Then we know that eating and drinking That same amount in the prayer Breaks the prayer Okay And we now then look at a person How long they're in the prayer And if a person is in the prayer For 10 times the length that we normally pray so half an hour, 40 minutes, whatever. Is it possible to go half an hour without swallowing? What, what's impossible? So then I don't, sorry, so I don't mean like the normal saliva. I'm talking like... Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, saliva is the wrong word, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's always being swallowed constantly. Yeah, so, so the problem is, is that in the Arabic, never, as far as I know, as far as I know, never has the hadith ever mentioned the word mucus when it came to spit. It's always spit. So that, that's, their, that's what allows, no, it's just the word spit. Yeah, spit. So it's difficult to. Yeah, Annie. There's two things here. You spit, you can spit out saliva, you can spit out the other A tahannu is to go like that. That's tahannu. That's where the word comes from. You know, in Arabic, by the way, words are linked to your emotion. You know, when you're struggling, uh, 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 that's, uh, that's narrated in the hadith. Is the kh, yani. Some scholars said, who knows, okay? But anyway, the point is, is that it's not clear exactly what the, compo the composition is. Uh, but my point, the, the, the point is, is that you do not spit. Now, by the way, at the time of the Prophet or in the masjid, it was allowed to spit. It still is actually allowed to spit in the masjid. But it needs to be to the side, okay? 
Now you might think, hold on, but there's no carpets, you see? It's, it's just all dust and mud. And so what you would do is that you would immediately bury it. Now, again, that's a cultural thing. There's nothing wrong with that when you think about it, okay? I mean, it's just water for the floor, for the ground. I mean, there's a lot more nonsense going on in, in the mud, Gani, than your little spit. Especially if you've buried it and it's not going to affect the person. Far more disgusting is what we do, spitting on concrete and, you know, whatever, it's not going anywhere. But spitting on mud, what's wrong with that? You know what I'm trying to say? So the Prophet ﷺ in so many ahadith said that it needs to go to the left, yani to the, to the area uh, where there is no person. If there's a person there, it's not allowed. If there is no one there, then it goes there. And if it, there is people and there's no space, then it goes into the thobe. So it does not feel like saliva. It feels like urgent mucus, urgent yani build up that they don't want to swallow. That's what it feels like. All right? Allah knows best. Allah knows best. Um, Sheikh then continues, he goes, but however, if there's a reason for it to happen, like in, if there's a haja, then it's okay. So for example, um, uh, 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 reasons could be, uh, uh, so let me, let me tell you actually where this comes from. The Prophet ﷺ was reported, narrated by Imam Tirmidhi, no, uh, uh, no, not reported, not reported by Imam Tirmidhi. The hadith is on Page 39, that would be interesting. Let's have a look. Kusuf, Keda, Ewa. Okay, ah, okay. Now, so the hadith narrated by Imam Abu Dawood in the chapter of the prayer, the sub chapter of the concessions allowed in the prayer from them. To look around in the prayer. Hadith number 916. Okay? Imam Hakim said that this hadith is authentic according to the conditions of, the, of Bukhari and Muslim. This hadith, inshallah, is okay. What happened in this hadith? This is about the Battle of Hunayn. The Battle of Hunayn, folks, if you remember, was. Anyone know about Hunayn? When, where, why? Uh, uh, Mecca. Yeah, it was one of the, I get your point, it was one of the battles that was very close to one of the cities, and that city was Mecca. Actually, actually after Fatih Mecca, when the Prophet ﷺ marched upon Mecca, big army, lots of people, big Yani result, okay, no bloodshed, everything great, the, the Meccans were very grateful that they weren't harmed, okay, and a number of them became Muslim, and... There, uh, Bani Thaqif and the Hawazim were a tribe, were a tribe, and then another tribe that they joined together. Big enemies of the Quraysh, and they were already and disturbed by the, the way that the Muslims had, you know, had just risen from nowhere, and they hated the Quraysh as well. So they went for it. So they came, and the Prophet um, got wind of this because he had spies in their camp, in the camp of the Hawazim. Okay, and so they told him that they're going to be marching. And so the Prophet ﷺ gathered the people. So he had like eight, ten thousand 10,000 from Medina, which is big. And he had 2,000 new fresh converts from Mecca who were mad for it as well because they hated them as well. Arch enemies anyway. New Muslims too. 10, 12 man, uh, thousand. Yani big, big, big army. And of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes references in uh, Surah Tawbah that yani, you became amazed at your large number. You know, you, you, in such a, uh, you thought that this is going to be a walkover. And actually, it was a disaster. The first battle, the first meeting 
was uh, a real wake-up call. We lost yani, uh, a good, good number of men. And anyway, Hunayn was, was dealt with easily. Um, however, the Prophet was praying. And you know, Hunayn is near Mecca, between Mecca and Ta'if. And it's a mountainous area, lots of valleys, kind of ravines, gorges, that kind of stuff. And they were praying on one of the sides. And the Prophet ﷺ, whilst he was praying, he looked like this in Tadi, towards where he had sent his, his, uh, his people to go and spy on them. So, you know, like they're going down and, uh, you know, down the side. So he's kind of looking down towards them. That's, that's Hadith Sahih. And that happened in the obligatory prayer as far as we know. And he did that to make sure that everything that, you know, that he's not under attack, we're not under attack. It was very tense. In actual fact, even despite that we had the spies and they had their spies, they, they, they uh, ambushed us. So we actually, even that wasn't successful, which actually proves why the Prophet, later on when you think about it, it actually shows why the Prophet ﷺ was looking in the prayer. Okay? Because he did fear something. He did think that this was going to go wrong. And we were actually ambushed, which was the proof that, you know, of, why, of what he did, what he did. Um, so... And then also, uh, so that's one evidence that for need it can be done. And also the Prophet ﷺ commanded those people who um, get afflicted by waswas. What are they meant to do? Turn to the left and make a ta'awud. And also in the other hadith adds that you dry spit. Okay, and dry spit means that it's mostly air, tiny bit of saliva, whatever, but it's a Alright? And this is an action of turning. Right? Um, it's allowed to do it completely to the left and it's allowed to do it like this. And you make the awl three times. You say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem. Okay? A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem. Once is to say it. You don't repeat the statement three times. You make the ta'awud, but you make the ta'awud is not just, by the way, ta'awud is linguistically to say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem. But when we say that you make the awl three times, the majority of the scholars are on the opinion that it's the spitting which occurs three times, not three turns, but one turn, three spitting, one a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim. Yeah? Um, yeah. So that's because of a need. So for example, if there is, you know, a mum with her, with her baby somewhere, whatever, and she's worried about where the kid is and so on, and then she turns to look to make sure that she, he's not going to harm himself or whatever, then that's something which is allowed and something which can be, uh, you know, can be covered for in the prayer. So in principle, not allowed, but for a need, it's allowed. The Sheikh then says that, uh, and as we said before, there are two types of iltifat, two types of turning. Iltifat hissi bil bedan wa huwa iltifat al-ras. So there's the physical turning of the body, and that's done with the head. None of this is referring to the body, of course. I mean, like the, the, the frame. I mean, just the head. All right? So that's the first one. Iltifat ma'anawi bil qalb wa huwa al-waswas wal-hawajis allati taridu ala al-qalb. The second one is the metaphorical turning, which is the turning of the heart, which is what happens when thoughts come to your mind and the shaitan starts to was yani make you waswasa. And uh, it's clear what we've said about the physical, but Sheikh says the one in the heart is a disease that not a single person is free from. It goes how difficult it is to fix, Sheikh says. And, and how few people, and how few people are safe from this fitna, that they yani, are able to focus. It definitely decreases the impact and the ajr and the reality of the prayer. 
He goes, and I wish, I, I wish, I wish, I wish that it only would happen in certain parts of the prayer. But the reality is, is that it starts from the beginning and it ends at the end. It's a constant process. This is something which is so dominant that happens from the beginning to the end that we all go to get control of that one of the companions came in and complained to the Prophet and the Prophet said that's khinzab. Now khinzab, all right, this word by the way in Arabic is pronounced three ways. Khinzab, khanzab, khunzab. Yep. These are the three names, all yani, authentic. Khinzab is the most authentic of them or the most accurate of them. And this is referring to the name of the jinn that every single human being has partnered. All right? So everybody has a companion from the jinn. Everyone. And all of, as in, and as in the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, I think Sahih Muslim, if I remember. Certainly authentic. I can't remember which, where the hadith is. But the Prophet ﷺ said that all of these jinn, they push him to wrong, push him to evil. That's their, that's their hallmark. Except mine. فَهُوَ أَسْلَمَ فَأَسْلَمَ In one hadith, another hadith, فَاسْتَسْلَمَ And another hadith, إِسْتَلَمَ And there are different versions of this hadith. And the scholars, they differed over what that means. Does it mean that he beat that يعني, uh, khinzab and got him under control? Or as the majority of the scholars say, that he, he, they became Muslim. فَأَسْلَمَ so he became Muslim and so therefore for the Prophet ﷺ, he only encourages him to good because at the end of the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, as for mine, then he encourages me to good, right? But we know the Prophet ﷺ can't be overcome by shaitan anyway. We know that. Um, so but, but both is possible, that he defeated him or that he became Muslim and so you know, he's got nothing bad to say. Whereas Khinzab is on our case all the time, all the time. And that's why, and of course, jinn, shayateen are uh, the, you know, uh, from jinn. And so therefore, when we are attacked by this jinn, we make the awwals from the shaitan, yani achieving uh, the same kind of result. So anyway, on this point, folks, um, and of course, this is a separate, um, you know, this shaitan is, uh, uh, is, is part of a family of shayateen. You know, we have, or jinn, that are, and also we have angels as well, the hafadah. The guardian angels. And a lot of people, they forget. Um, and it's good to remind ourselves of this because um, I call this era the era of independence. There's no such thing as loneliness anymore. Loneliness is dead, right? There you don't find now any... I, was, I don't know who it was who picked me up the other day. I can't remember who it was. Abu Dhar. That's it. It was Abu Dhar who picked me up from the house the other day and I was late. And Abu Dhar was just near, nice and happy. He was nice and happy normally. And I'm not used to that kind of response because normally it's Shazad who picks me up wherever I'm going. And that guy is absolutely having kittens. Obviously, I'm late, which is not, not nice. But he lets me know about it. Yeah, like cusses the life out of me and raging and whatever. But in the last few years, that's gone. And the reason it's gone is because I'm the one who knocks on the window 
He's sitting there happy with his phone. There's no such thing as boredom anymore. Nobody's bored anymore. If someone tells you to wait, the first thing you do is pull out your phone. And that's it. You are in your phone and you're happy to wait for the next. In actual fact, after about 10, 15, 20 minutes, you look up and think like, what's happening? No? All right then. That's now the reality. Loneliness, the concept as an idea is gone. Now, that's great. I mean, you know, that's great because, you know, that doesn't mean that you're wasting your time, even though there's no doubt 99.99% you are definitely wasting your time. But you could be theoretically doing something incredibly beneficial. So I'm not going to hate on the, 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 the concept. That's fine. However, what's much more of concern is that I found this, that this now sense of complete independence and that I now don't need anyone and that I'm alone and I can, I'm happy alone and I want to be alone, which is now massively increased, you can see it in couples, relationships, it's, it's, it's the reality, okay, leads to a person thinking that he's actually alone. You start to believe that you're alone because they practice being alone a lot more. People have now separated themselves from one another. So back in the day, for example, we wouldn't stay in our bedrooms because what the hell are we going to do in our flipping bedrooms? You know what I'm trying to say? So, you know, you'd, in actual fact, when you're being punished, you get sent to your bedrooms. Now, it's a massive result in the world, you're only getting sent to your bedroom. You've been saved you're only from the complete mediocrity of sitting with your family, right? To the absolute freedom of your laptop and your phone. It's the best result ever. Take that every single day of the week, right? So that's the difference. So if you are a person who is alone and hates it because you literally have nothing to do, and of course in the Sunnah it's not allowed to be alone. Yani people who, are, who isolate themselves to be away from other people in, uh, unless there's a fitna, there's something which is not allowed. They're, they are condemned actually for that. You're more rewarded for mixing with the people, bearing with their harm, advising, learning, and so on and so forth, unless there's a real, real specific harm. So back in the day, people used to be, you know, dependent. You know, back in the day, in our time as well, you know, when we were young, there was no point in being alone. You'd be bored, silly. Now you're happy to be alone. If you continuously being alone out of the way of people, you start to build up this mental state that you are actually alone. I've seen it. I, I know it because I've seen it uh, dovetail, dovetail with the increase in secularism and the increase in people not accepting the metaphysical. Right? People are not now, the people find it very, I've spoken about this many times before. People find it very difficult to speak about hell and heaven. People are not yet comfortable speaking about angels. You know, back in the day, 10, 20 years ago, you'd find it more confident speaking about those kind of things. Now, people are now so alone and so confident that they're alone that to believe that they're being watched and being observed and being yani whatever is now starting to fade away. So, it's a good reminder for all of us to remember that we are constantly in the company of a number of individuals. We have an angel recording are wrong. We have the angels recording our right. We have a Qareen who is a companion from the jinn at all times trying to push us to the wrong side. We have the Hafidha, the guardian angels, which are not yani, clear how many there are and they're always looking out for us, always trying to create a vibe and a zone in a, in a, in a manner which only Allah knows best. In the masjid, Khinzab specifically comes, that's his specific role, when the, not just in the masjid but when we pray as well. That's his specific role. So these are all from that which we don't know. Let alone, like here. Now here, right, this room, this hall right here, is full to the rafters of angels. It's a madness. We can't see them, feel them, you know. But this is a masjid, the best of places. This is a halaqatul ilm, the best of gatherings. And they love that kind of scene, right? So 
it's difficult for us to, you know, once you're in this mode of, the, of, of you know, today's time, that's the last thing you kind of think of or believe. So I, I, it is important to understand that when you're in the prayer and you've got all of these yani, forces that are working against you, remember that what it is that you're there for. You're there for in the salah to focus on Allah. And all of these things which are disliked, nearly all of them, the illa or the shari reason that they've been made disliked is because they disturb you or distract you from the quality of the prayer. So yani, when it comes to, for example, closing of the eyes, you might think, what's wrong with closing of the eyes? Huh? Or what's wrong with looking up to the sky, which is what we're going to come to? Or what's wrong with yani, the hands at the side? Or X or Y? All of them have a common thread that it is making your prayer either an act where you're bored or don't want to be there or you're tired or you're showing it or yani, your disrespect. There's a section where I, 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 I described it as... Uh, uh, Fanning, I think. Tarawuh. Did I translate it as fan? Yeah, I did, yeah? There are the, 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 uh, half of the scholars, they translate tarawuh as something completely different. I've left it as fan, but tarawuh, according to many fuqaha, is when you are leaning on one foot. You know how you shift your weight? So in prayer, you'll find many of us do that, especially in jama'ah. You know, when you're praying alone, you're not making long enough to shift any weight, right? It's only when you're praying in jama'ah that you're left and then right and then left and right a number of the scholars consider that to be makruh Sheikh Uthameen will comment on it but so I just want you to just think that the common thread throughout is this anyway um, we'll come to all of these questions in their right place to raise one's eyes to the heavens to the sky to the to, to up okay upwards and the Sheikh says this is whether you are in uh, uh, whilst reciting Fatiha, whilst you're in Ruku'ah, whilst you're in yani, any coming up from Ruku'ah, it doesn't matter. It is not allowed to do that. And there's a reason for that. The Prophet ﷺ said, Oh, the people better stop looking up to the sky whilst in the prayer before Allah snatches their eyesight away from them. It's a very, very severe threat. Now, this type of hadith, this hadith is narrated in uh, uh, this hadith from the most authentic hadith. I will give you the reference to it. It is hadith Narrated by Imam Bukhari in the chapter of the Adhan, or the book of the Adhan, sorry, beg your pardon, in the chapter of the raising of the, of the eyes to the sky in the prayer, hadith number 750. Narrated by Muslim as well, in the book of the prayer, chapter, the prohibition of raising the eyes to the sky in the prayer. Okay, hadith number 428. It's a very authentic hadith. Um, so you better, it's a hadith which is a threat. You better stop or this could happen. It's not like, it's the, it's the probability of it happening, okay? It, he didn't say that it's definitely going to happen. But yani, don't, aren't you scared that Allah will snatch your eyesight away? And that's it. And um, what the sheikh says is something in interesting. He says, um, he goes that this is a very, very severe and strong delil. 
and the Prophet ﷺ prohibit, uh, uh, warned people from that. Okay, and this actually indicates that it's haram, more so than just makruh. These kind of hadith are normally used in haram things, not in things which are disliked. So he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes and says, well known that when you mention such a punishment, this indicates that it is haram. We've already said that in other things. For example, the statement of the Prophet when he said, that are the people, uh, are, are they not scared? Are they not terrified that Allah, that those people who lift their heads up before the Imam does that Allah will change it to the head of a donkey or an ass? Or turn his face into the face of an ass? Okay. Now, this is the hadith, of course, which prohibits going before the Imam, getting up before the Imam, right? Allowing the Imam to move, to speak, and then we follow, right? And that's something which is a very clear prohibition. There's no scholar that said it's makruh to go before the imam. They looked at that hadith and they said that that warning, as is a basic principle in Islam, when you hear a punishment like that, it indicates complete tahrim. It indicates complete prohib- uh, prohibition. Another one, for example, that we all know, that you will straighten these rows or Allah will certainly uh, uh, cause rifts between your hearts. And that is why it is agreed upon, not, yani the vast majority of scholars, they consider it is obligatory to straighten the rows in the prayer. Because this kind of warning is a very strict warning, which is only given in things like that are so serious. So you can see that in the two warnings that we've given, you're getting a clear idea that these are things which are, pro- which are prohibited. Um, Sheikh then argues, he goes, and this hadith is no lighter hadith. It's not like it's lesser in power. So why are we not treating this like haram is the question that we should be thinking about. It's saying that you're going to be made blind, which is a punishment in of its own sense. He goes, okay, it could be um, less than turning into a donkey, he goes, right? Or to become the face of a donkey that you become deaf. Maybe it could be argued that, you know, to be deaf is not as bad as looking like a donkey, I guess. Probably, you'd probably take that. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, blind, beg your pardon, blind. Oh, I'm pointing to my ears, I've got no idea. Yeah. Um, would you take that? Look like a donkey? Not look like a donkey, your face is a donkey. You are like a donkey. Or be blind. You take blind, isn't it? Would you? Be a donkey. You can still see. <laughs> it took me a while. I thought you were talking about the donkey. Then I realized what you meant. That's a good point. I mean, it could be an improvement. Then you'd say, yeah, I'll take that. Astaghfirullah. Astaghfirullah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. That kind of just makes 
So what you're talking about is, you see, we have, uh, 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 and that's what Sheikh's coming to, you have the Dalil and you have the Ta'leel. So Dalil is what I've just mentioned, the Hadith, uh, and the Ta'leel is the logic behind it, or the wisdom behind it, and that's what you're asking about. Now Sheikh says, وَأَمَّا Ta'leel, He goes, as for thinking about it, then it's just bad Adam. So this is his now theory, all right? He goes, It is just bad adab to, to do that. Look to the sky. Now, I'm thinking about this. I'm going to translate this because I've got a problem with this, okay? But I'll just translate the entire paragraph and you tell me what you think. He goes, As for the potential reason for why, for why it is prohibited, then that's because it is bad manners with Allah the Most High. Because the musalli, he is between the hands of Allah. He's between, he's in front of Allah. Bayna yadillah means that he's in front of Allah. Okay, maybe this is now making more sense actually. I just realized that that was the one part of the sentence that I didn't read earlier on. He's going along with the same thread that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in front of you. Okay? And anyway, and he goes, it's a, it's a must that you show adab to him. And that you don't, Raise your head, but rather you lower your head out of respect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's where he's coming. Yeah? So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in front, then you, yani eyes down, humility, humble, the body is in a yani state. I mean, at the end of you're prostrating, aren't you? I mean, the whole prayer is a prayer of humility. And all that kind of, you can't lift your head, by the way, without lifting your shoulders. You know what I mean? If someone goes like this, no one does that, right? That's not what the prohibition is. No one, this hadith when it says they lift their eyes, no one goes like this. Do you understand what I mean? And that wouldn't be prohibited. The prohibition is what we do, which is to go like that. And when you go out like that, you straighten your back, your shoulder goes back. It's the big end position, isn't it? Yeah. Even if you don't intend that. And so now you're looking up like that. It's like, you know, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in front of you. So that's يعني, where Sheikh Uthami is coming from. I'll continue. وَلِهَذَا قَالَ عَمْرِ بِنَ الْعَاسِ رضي الله عنه He goes, this is why عمر بن العاص See, this is what doesn't make sense to me. He goes, رضي الله عنه That uh, before he became Muslim, he used to hate the Prophet so much that he would wish for the opportunity to meet him and kill him. But when he became Muslim, he said that I was unable to look at him. I was unable to even look at him out of the awe that I was of him and if someone had asked me describe what he looks like there's not a chance that I could tell him what he looks like that's a sick hadith by the way no but, but so, yeah, so this is my point so that's, that's the end of the paragraph yeah so, so actually, and he says, so, so he goes, and for that reason, the strongest opinion is that the lifting of your eyes to the sky is haram. Okay, and this is the position of Ibn Hazm. Yep, and this is the position of Shaykh Uthaymeen as well. Right, and it's not just makru. All right, but you know that it's, this is difficult. Well, light is difficult, and it's going to become clear what he says next. But let's just pause and go back to what he said. How are you understanding that? 
Because if I'm, if, if he's using the example of Amr ibn al-As who says, I couldn't look at the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi out of so much honor, surely that's a reason to look away. To look, so you're saying that Sheikh Uthaymeen is indicating that to look down, not to look away. Huh? Right, okay, fair enough then. So his basically uh, emphasis is, because that is not in the hadith, he doesn't say that he looked down. I, can't, I couldn't look. Yeah, couldn't look at him. But it doesn't say we look down. Yeah, yeah, good, good point, yeah. So I think then what Shaykh Uthameen is indicating, even though he doesn't spell it out, is that they would look down, yep, out of honor, and that looking up is just disrespectful. That's the basic score there, okay? And I just want to, uh, and maybe we'll, 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 we'll do some questions, I will call it. But um, a hadith which I always remember in these, the jami' of Imam Tirmidhi is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not only is in front of you, but he looks at you whilst you are praying, Right? And he's looking means that he is... Now, we already know in the hadith Sahih Muslim, the hadith of Abu Hurairah, the, fam- the famous one, the hadith Qudsi, when my slave says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, then Allah then turns to the angels and he says, Hamadini Abdi. Did you see that? My slave just... So, he has a very intimate, specific relationship with every person who prays. Every single person who prays, Allah is responding to them. So not only is he involved with them, he's in front of them, he's with them, and he's looking at them directly in a way that befits his majesty to all of the creation at the same time, which is, of course, beyond our imagination. And the hadith in in Tirmidhi adds something else to the mix, which is mental, to be honest. The hadith says that that look and gaze of Allah continues until the slave turns away. So Allah doesn't turn away. It's the slave who turns away. And that turning away is never going to be someone turning away. It's going to be the heart turning away, right? So we appreciate this focus on the looking, but it's a real focus and a, 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 a reminder for us to really focus on ourselves. To remember, when we stand, when we make Allahu Akbar, the whole reason you say Allah is greater than everything else that could make me think about something else and turn away metaphorically, spiritually, physically, all of that, I'm now going to focus on Allah in front of me. And then the eyes go to the point of the sajda. And the reason that up until now we've been focusing so much that when you are standing, the eyes are upon the place of sajda. When you're in record, the eyes are straight down. When you're in the uh, tashahud, sitting down, you're looking at your finger. All of the common link between these three positions is your eyes looking naturally down out of respect of who is in front of you, subhana. So I think that's the most important lesson uh, to take here. All right? Um, and I don't know whether we can... The class position is makruh according to the jamhur of the ulama. Okay? The class position is that it is makruh. And I mean this without a need. If there is some, yani, if someone does it yani, out of, uh, you know, by accident or something like that, then that's something else. But one should not. I mean, it is a severe warning. People should treat it like this is one of those where you treat it like, a har- like it's haram, but you rule upon it like it's less than that. And... The reason I say that is the next statement. Sheikh says, it's haram, not just makruh. Okay, but he goes, if we say that, then does that invalidate the prayer then? And that's what he puts forward. Okay, does it invalidate the prayer? And he goes, well, the scholars, they differed over that. They differed over that. I don't know if I should start that now. I don't think I will actually.
I don't think I will because that's quite a uh, thingy, large section. So I think what we'll do is we'll pause there. We'll do some questions. Yeah, Arif, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the hadith, Arif, is ma kuntu utik an amla'u aynayya. Amla'u aynayya does not mean that he looked up. But definitely I agree that the indication would be from up, from down to up. I could not get my fill of my eye. If I'm going to like linguistically translate it, I can't fill my eyes of the Prophet ﷺ. It was basically just too much for my eyes. Like just too much going on, I just can't handle it. Um, Astaghfirullah helps to recover from the deficiencies. Yes, Salma, definitely. That's one of the reasons why we would... Um, I think you go to the bottom, Lala. Come on. Oh, no, no, not that. No, no, not that far. Okay. All right. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Right. And all that, all that. Advice from the NHS is to get rid of phlegm when you have a cold. How about that? <laughs> what are you hating on NHS for? Yeah, so Mesa was asking. That, that's what they do. I mean, I have been in, in communities... Arab communities where they split, split on the floor in the masjid, no problem at all. But like I said, it is, it is yeah, it's not, it's not, you know, carpet or anything like that. You know, um, and it's important to remember these kind of things. You know, the, 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 I'll tell you a story of uh, back in the day in Ambrose. Yeah, remember Ambrose? Yeah. So Ambrose, yeah, was obviously the sickest place. Ambrose was the Manchester University prayer hall. So we're talking 90s. Like, this is probably a story from a 90. Six, maybe 97, probably 96 actually. And um, you know, the biggest headache in our lives was the, the madkhalis, right? So the madkhalis like the super neo-Salafis, like hardcore mental kind of, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so they had a leader. I don't know if he's alive or not. Murad, what happened to him? Is he still here? No, no, obviously he was, yani, subhanAllah, may Allah forgive him, man. What a... That, the toilet guy. How did, did I tell you that story? Shut up, does everyone know that story? Are you... I, I, I will tell you. I will tell you. Because that just goes to show just how mental these people were. <laughs> so obviously these were like, you know, they used to hate everyone that was not upon their way of Islam. Like hardcore. And they used to spend their entire day and night refuting people. And uh, Monty is here. We had a, a, a mutual friend. His name was Hisham. Now, Dr. Hisham, okay. Remember Hisham? Little Hisham? Anyway, Egyptian, yeah. So, um, uh, from Birmingham, you know, Hisham? Huh? Recently. SubhanAllah. So Hisham used to be one of the guys that used to hang around, you know, we, we used to have a general circle, like of mates, like, you know, Monty, me, Hisham, Sufyan, and uh, these were like the practicing kind of members, some in the ISOC, but most of us used to be outside the ISOC, but friendly with the people participating. And obviously, the rest of the Muslims would be written off with the ISOC as the big liberal sellouts, all the, you know, scum of the earth, yani, you know, Ikhwan al-Muflisin, you know, this kind of stuff, you know. The, the, the loser brothers, not Ikhwan al-Mu'mineen or Muslimin or Musmuflisin and this, you know, used to be cussed day and night and these guys were specialists in cussing and refuting and they would do that all night, they're looking to pick fights day and night 
and they used to have a circle in the masjid, uh, in, the, in the uni masjid, and obviously we couldn't give them monkeys, yani. and they, were, they used to have big numbers, and big numbers and big presents. They used to you know, do lots of weight training, wear kind of army-type clothes and cargo pants and you know, all the behavior, and they'd you know, stand like that as well in prayers, and you know, used to give it big end. Like, you know. So, now I tell you now, we came to a masjid once, and it was me and Hisham. Now, Hisham is about, is, was, still is, five foot? I mean, tiny. I mean, he is tiny. We were praying in the masjid. Uh, 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 we, were, we came late, I think, for Maghrib or something like that. And so, me and made the jama'ah, and we prayed at the back, and uh, all of this was going on. Now, when we walked in, that circle which was on, I think, something, some chapter, whatever, it was like, ah, oh, you know what, I'm going to take this opportunity right now, the leader, because they're here to, you know, see this next part. So he just suddenly dropped the subject of whatever they were teaching, and he pulled out, I think, the details are not so important here, but it could have been, for example, our uh, ISOC newsletter, or something like that. Which is, you know, done in the kind of, you know, jovial kind of ice hockey, 90s kind of nonsense way, right? And so he gets that, he goes, you see this from the Ikhwan al-Muflisin, these yani, people who are disaster and blah, blah. He goes, them and, uh, and their publications and their, and their deen and their manhaj, their disgrace, all of them, there's only one thing for these people. And it's at this time that I gave my salam like this and salam and I looked. And no word of a lie. <laughs> to this day, it's imprinted on my mind. Big, you know, bags for life. You know, bags for life, yeah? He had a bags for life, yeah? Bag for life, I mean. And he reaches into it. By the way, I just want to say that he used to carry two bags for life everywhere that he'd go. There's a reason for that. Because this was before mobile phones and things. And he would carry his books with him everywhere. I'll give him that. He would like have 20, 30 of the Arabic books. Because he would always stop everyone and start pulling out his books and refuting everybody. That was the only reason he would do it. What for teaching? For refuting. He was a sick guy. Anyway, so he's got his one with his books and he's got the other one. And he reaches in. Yeah, you wish you're recording this, you fish. Right, anyway. You can put that down. This can't go anywhere. Right, so he reaches in and he pulls out a toilet. <laughs> He pulls out a toilet. This toilet is about that big. It had the seat, the seat, it had the thing, it had the lid, and it had the solid back, and it had a cistern. And then it had also the, uh, uh, like a line going up, and it had the pull chain. Bro, bro, they, uh, 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 listen, bro, that, that, that's why I say, uh, I'm telling you it was the size of the bag for life and it was a deep bag and he's put it in front of him in the masjid and you know where he's sitting, he's sitting where the, the imam sits, you know, like I'm sitting here, like, you know, or whatever, he put it, <laughs> put it in front of him. And he took the ISOC letter and he put it in and he pulled the chain and it goes 
and all these people was going, oh, what the <laughs> Let me tell you something, yeah? Me, me, I was there. Monty, it's disgusting that you're sitting here, Monty, because you're not going to believe what I'm going to tell you next happens. I was sitting there, shocked out of my life. Like, I had heard about this guy, this, that, whatever. But I'd never seen that level of behavior happen, yeah? And I was like in awe. Hisham was, I led the prayer. Hisham was next to me. And I'm so taken back. Like, like have I just seen that? <laughs> and then I realized he's not here anymore. Where the fish is Hisham gone? And the next second, just flew at him, bro. Bro, Hisham, what a don, bro. I mean, he's five foot. You know, Murad was like six foot four or something. Bro, he was so, bro. He went, bro. I'm telling you, there's at least 50 people sitting around him. This Murad. And he went for him, bro. Arms, leg, bash, 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 whatever. What a champ. And they jumped him. You know, I wish Fessel was here. Fessel was here from last week. You know, Fessel, I, I told you to meet, meet Fessel. He was in my year, and uh, we had a guy called Haroon. Haroon walked in at that time. He was from Chorlton, you know, proper, thick accent, Manchester lad, whatever, well, big size. He didn't know what was going on. He's a Brillo, yeah? This is the whole reason the story, I'm re telling you the story, by the way, is about him, actually. But anyway, so he went for him, left, right, center, and then they started to jump in, yeah? So it was all a bundle on one, my guy. Then when I was... I, it took me like a few seconds to work out that that was Hisham. I couldn't work out that was him. That was it, khalas. We said, if the lad's in, we're in now. So we're all in. In the masjid, bro. At the front, left, right, everything, whatever. Then Harun comes and he's, he spreads everything, splits everything up. And I remember Hisham, his whole shirt was torn. Completely torn, scratched. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, you see, I, this wasn't even the story I was meant to say. Why did you have to say toilet for? Anyway, my point was that these people were like, you know, they used to think that we are upon guidance and nobody else. That's the point, yeah? And they used to say, and they used to pray in Ambrose with their shoes on. That's the point I want to make, right? They used to pray with Ambrose in their shoes on. And when anybody would say anything to them, remember, there's no uncles there. That's the problem, isn't it? I mean, otherwise they get battered, yeah? But it's just the only miskin students, right? Who are sometimes in, sometimes not, you know, not going to say anything. They would come in. The carpet was like a cheap nylon one anyway, yeah? And so they'd come in, they'd pray all the time, and anybody who tried to say anything, they'll say, that's the sunnah aki, yeah? And they bring out their Bukhari and hadith, and they'll show all the hadith that show it is sunnah to pray in shoes, which of course it is. But if you've got half a brain, you realize it's not sunnah to pray on a carpet, yeah? So anyway, the reason that I said this story is because there are certain sunnah that are applicable with respect to the floor that can be applied, but if you use your brain then you won't apply them. And if you don't and you keep going ahead and doing it, then people are going to step in. And you know what happened, don't you? He thought he was a bad man and he went into Victoria Park Mosque and he did exactly that. And he got battered. <laughs> bro, the Brillo's battered him. I never forget that, bro. They got battered, bro. Brillo's saying, don't keep your sunnati any right there, bro. Vicky Park! <laughs> My man stepped into Vicky Park and he went into Vicky Park with his shoes on! 
that's the type of life we've lived. These eyes have seen many things. Many things we've seen, la la. So anyway, the point is, is that um, uh, I, 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 straight up, I have no problem someone spitting in a masjid because for me, the floor itself is not a problem. The sunnah is if someone has that, they don't want to, better than swallowing it, is to put it into a tissue or into thing or spit on the side, down, and put it into the ground. There's no problem with that. Okay, and actually I, actually, I would want someone to do that if they were praying in a masjid of sand or whatever. It's important to people to revive these things when the, the setting is right. But we don't lose our minds and apply it in the wrong places. That's the point I wanted to say about the story. But Lala Yani reminded me of the toilet. Oh my God. Legend. He's probably still in Manchester, by the way, yeah. Yes. In prayer, this is within the prayer. So the idea, of course it devalues the prayer. The idea is, is that you're doing the lesser of the two evils. So it's something disgusting, something which is distracting you, something that you can't concentrate on, something, something, all of that. And if I get rid of it, it's end of. It's like, you know, when you've got a cold and you just run, nose running, nose running. How long do you just not move for? You know that, you know what it is? You know, it's like, yeah, when your nose is running and you go, how long do you keep doing that for when you know that I just need to get a tissue and give a full, you know, out, and then I've got some peace for five minutes. It's that, it's that, it's that debate. And that's what you've got to have with yourself in, in the prayer. Anyway. Um, correct. Spitting to the left or under the foot. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, to make the place, uh, isn't Dekhund specific to phlegm? Yeah, that's what I said, right? I think that this is old. Oh, yeah, it's old, yeah. Uh, to make the place of prayer pure, the opinion of removing impurities other than water, i.e. disinfectant. How can it be pure if impurities can be spread via moisture? Based on this principle, when using other than water, isn't it just spreading the impurity via moisture? Huh? How does one clean with other than water? Oh, how does one clean with other than water? So that depends. It depends upon the impurity. It depends upon the level of the impurity. The, and... and uh, this is a person who I think is trying to skip two years of the chapter of purification, isn't it? So seeker, go to the seeking section of the resources and you, you shall find. Can you demonstrate a less significant way of making more than three movements that breaks your salah? No, Bangra. Uh, Usman, I don't believe in that. So, no, I can't. But we will come to the movement section later. Uh, people closing their eyes will come to that later. Uh, Ari, the complete prohibition of proceeding the imam. I've been wondering since your last class in Mississauga what you had to do when the ground burned your forehead in Medina and you came up from the sajda early. So I did say, obviously, you lot, Yan, because none of you actually take the class properly. Yeah. So last week, when we, two weeks ago, sorry, when we gave the, the demonstration of the prayer, I told them about... You see, now someone's just messing about now. now people are just taking liberties now. Now, what's, what's going on there now? We're on a diet and people are missing around like that. Oh, that's our mal testing. Testing. All right. So, um, what happened is that the. Um, leave it and leave it. What's that? Fried chicken, you wish. You wish. Fried chicken. That's garam garam samose. Samose. Right. So, what's I saying? Yeah, what, what Mesa is saying about preceding the Imam, 
I gave the demonstration, I told them the story that I've never ever preceded the Imam. In actual fact, I'm like the other way. I think that it's one of the sunan to allow the Imam to move before I move. And that's been one of my, my things that I enjoy about the prayer. But one time in the prayer, last when? November? April? April. In April this year, are you sure? Okay, must have been. It was April Umrah, and it was the worst, craziest experience of my entire life. Best experience. That's you didn't even pray. What are you talking about? You laid, you were in the hotel. How did you make such then? Shut up! Did you make on the floor? Say say that then. So we basically messed up. We got to Medina. I can't believe that I'm telling, making the story again, but obviously because the majority of you, well, I know the girls watch it, that's fine, but you lot didn't, yeah? <laughs> Simply, I got, we got there, we, we prayed outside in Jumaa, we made the miscalculation that the marble was the cool one, it wasn't, yeah? And we went to Sajda and it was so hot that our, our skin peeled, it, it stuck. And I've never, ever, ever, ever touched anything so hot in my life. And the immediate second I touched it, I came back up from sajda. <laughs> so, so, so I was like, yeah, and so I did a hovering sajda kind of thing. That's what I told you that, Mesa, last time. I, I made the decision when, when the pain hit me and I realized, what am I going to do? Because that's the first thing I'm going to do. I can't stay here, right? Because it just didn't hit there. It was because I was, I was, I'm not going to do a, you know, black sajda. I went full in. It was this part that hurt. I mean, that's just dead skin. Who cares? That's dead anyway, yeah? But here's, that's fresh skin. Whatever, and that started to stick and I could feel my eyes about to explode. So I, I thought, what do I do? And I said, okay, I'm going to go into a pseudo-sajda position. I didn't say I'm going to come in front of the imam. But I did. <laughs> but there was a need, in it? I gave the fatwa to myself. I mean, you know, that's what you do. <laughs> All right, Allah, Allah knows best. All right. Come on, what's happening to these questions, Lala? All right. Even a child, a, a child in year six asked if they could pray fard for dhuhr, sat down even though they have no medical condition. Otherwise, they inferred praying is difficult at school. I mean, they shouldn't. They shouldn't yeah, and they do that. The only time that it'd be permissible for someone to pray a fard prayer uh, sitting down is if there is an extreme fear. If that extreme, extreme fear is so intense that if they were to stand up, it would ruin their prayer entirely, then it's allowed to sit down. So extreme that it's almost like a, me a medical condition, a physical debilitating medical condition. All right, we spoke about that before, I think. Right, can you clarify the position of looking at the Kaaba whilst praying? That will be next week, inshallah. The hadith of Amr, yeah, we've done that and that. Uh, the narration that Allah, uh, where are we? The narration that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turns away when the slave turns away. Lala, what are you doing, man? I can't even see what you're doing. I have like, I no idea. Is it there still? Or is it there? Yeah, okay. What if your heart turns away momentarily, then turns back? Why well, are you saying that once the connection has gone, that's it? Allah knows best exactly what the nature is of the going and how much one needs to do when they turn away. But a clue to the answer is that the Prophet ﷺ said that when one, of you turn, when one of you stands to pray, then he will either come back with half of the prayer or a quarter of the prayer, or a third of the a third of the prayer, or a quarter of the prayer, or a sixth of the prayer, or the eighth of the prayer, or a tenth of the prayer. That's the hadith which is authentic. Meaning that when we stand up, it's all about preserving as much as we possibly can and to have minimum leakage. Now the more that you're turning, the more that you are leaking. The worse your prayer, the more it's being stolen from. This lesson has gone on long, man. 
what's happening here? I stopped even early, man. I stopped in one hour. It's you, your toilet stories, man. Right, come on. Uh, quickly. Get rid of this sink isn't working. I can't see what's going on. To make the place of prayer... Oh, that's the... We're going to work out. Right. It is, only, is it only allowed to turn the head eyes for a mother who checks... Or is it allowed to turn the body with minimal movement? Yeah, if there's a need, then it's allowed to move the body, turn the body. At that moment, for the need, everything at a minimal level is allowed. <laughs> okay, you and your comic strip. Okay, what if you have your eyes closed and until your head up? Now, this is a good one. This is what I wanted to speak about. The tilting of the head and the eyes being closed is not strictly the haram action, but it still shares a common illah. If you are turning your body away, it should, be, it should be something avoided. So it's not right to say that it is haram or out and out makruh because you have avoided the only looking elsewhere. But if you've, because, because by closing your eyes, it is clear that your turning of your body or your turning of your head, sorry, upwards is not because of disrespect. Right? Because otherwise you'd keep your eyes open, you wouldn't care. If you close your eyes and then do that, then it's because maybe you're stretching or maybe you're just trying to get your uh, shape of your body at that time. But yeah, we should try to... Uh, uh, yeah, we should do that. Anyway, can you demonstrate uh, a less significant... What was going on there, right? Uh, go on, 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 go on. Uh, is cat vomit, urine or stools impure training a kitten and it's mad? Yes it is, it should be avoided as much as possible And Allah knows best, there's difference of opinion upon that And that's it done, anybody here? Right, okay, so just online finally one more time This weekend of course is Friday, uh, Last Testament in Manchester, London on the Saturday All of you online are all over the place But I'm hoping that everybody will reach out individually, personally To their own friends and family, colleagues, non-Muslims as well um, this is actually, uh, maybe you don't know this, the last testament was originally written for non-Muslims, okay? And it hasn't changed that much to not be, right? So again, non-Muslims can come as well. Obviously, we're trying to raise money for the masjid, so we want to get as most, more people as well, whatever. But if I'm just saying you want to take an opportunity to give da'wah to some people, and also people who might not know about the story of the Qur'an, because a lot of people actually don't. They don't even know actually the story of the... The story of the Prophet ﷺ connected to the Quran, how it happened yeah, with them both in tandem, how it's actually a, you can't have one without the other basically, and so that's what the, the presentation is. Um, so reach out to people on a personal level, don't bother sending these mass messages forward and all whatever. I mean, call a few people up and show some interest. You know how it is, people say, Oh, we're interested in you. You put the emotional guilt on someone, they're going to come. We want to get as many people there as possible, at least if then everybody gives five, ten quid, yeah, we can make some money for the masjid, and then we can get off the flipping pillar. And then get into a proper classroom, man. All right. So that's it. Zakumullah khair. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Shadu Allah ilaha illa anta wa astaghfirukallahumma wa atubu ilaikum wa salamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.